Hello and welcome to this episode of the ASGCA podcast, Insights. I'm your host, Mark Whitney. In this and coming episodes, we will talk to men and women who are making a positive difference in the golf industry. The challenges facing all aspects of golf are many and varied, but so are the people working each day to meet these challenges head on. Giving us his insights today is Eric Larson. Eric is a past president of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. A graduate of North Carolina State University, he has designed nearly 100 golf courses in the United States and in two dozen countries around the world. Eric worked with ASGCA past president Ed C. and served as executive vice president with Arnold Palmer Design Company. Since 2011, he has operated Larson Golf based in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Eric, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be on with you. Eric, I wanted to speak with you specifically because as we face each new day in a very different world in golf and in every other aspect of our lives, it's good to have something grounded that we can come back to. And in the case of the golf industry, that grounding comes in something that I've heard you call the value of the golf course. May you explain what the value of the golf course is? I will be happy to. Uh, the, the basis of this is that a golf course is of value to to human well-being, to a community, more than just the playing field upon which you play the game of golf, which which also happens to be a great thing. Golf courses are these big green spaces uh, where people can come together for social interaction with with proper social distancing, by the way. Uh, applying to this current time but if you think about the the human just basic human needs of being out in the fresh air uh, green space open space to 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 free up your mind and and get recreation and health it's a great place for that thinking about the golf course itself there are components to it that can be valuable to to non-players as well as golfers example there's perhaps two, three, even up to six, seven miles of trail via cart path that could be used as um, could use, be used as walking trails, biking trails, uh, jogging trail in off-peak hours. Has to be managed properly, but it is an asset to a golf course that could be used by non-players. Same as the space of a driving range. T, for example, be, can become great play centers, family-oriented centers for. Uh, uh, you know, bouncy parks for the kids or Easter egg hunts or put a screen up and have videos after dark. Um, great place for families to come together. Golf courses themselves and speaking particularly about uh, sustainability here, the environmental factors of golf are, are, uh, are well known that they provide natural habitat and the, the uh, natural vegetation as habitat for uh, flora and fauna of their terrific their terrific drainage uh, drainage basins drainage easements uh, evidenced by uh, work Todd Schoder just did it uh, in city of Denver for a little city golf course there helping uh, helping taking care of a, a major drainage major drainage problem um, fire breaks uh, Temperature cooling, as in, in Palm Springs, Palm Desert area, many, many items for that the golf course provides that is value to community value past just the game of golf. 
the, so, and, and speaking, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, please go ahead. And speaking just to the game itself, golf is a unique game because of the playing field, because of the golf course. There are many forms of recreation and sport, but golf is unique in the fact that it allows people to compete regardless of your age and ability on a dynamic, on a beautiful changing playing field. There are many, many places, games you can play to compete, basketball, bowling, soccer, uh, you name it. But the, but the playing field is constant. Or you can go recreate on dynamic playing fields, skiing and swimming, surfing, et cetera, but you rarely compete. So the dynamics of the, of the game of golf to play on these beautiful playing fields and compete healthy competition via the handicap system really makes the golf itself a, a unique form of recreation, which brings and creates social gathering. It's fun to be there. Fun is a key word to this whole piece that golf courses provide fun. Uh, the game of golf provides fun. So, uh, these, the, all these things speak to the value of a golf course. And as you've been talking about this, it, it, it brings to mind this idea that there's obviously the social benefit. You started and ended your, your response by talking about the social aspects. Uh, you touched on the environmental side as well. Um, all of this all seems to fall under the umbrella of economic benefit to the uh, host community as well. So it seems like you've got three pillars here that, that you're sort of referencing that take part in either in some way uh, interacting with each other, but also standing apart with the, with the benefits that they bring. Yeah, certainly. And I didn't really touch on the economic factor uh, much, but uh, I know that currently there's maybe 48% of the golf courses are, are op still remain open uh, in this crisis time. The, my small sampling shows that the courses that are open are, are, enjoying unprecedented amount of play um all bringing additional revenues of course but the other another key aspect to a golf course is the economics value it brings to surrounding property and not just not just property that fronts the golf course uh but community values go up as well when there's when there's quality golf facility in in the neighborhood um, but certainly there is a value attached to homes home sites that front golf course uh, for the for the view corridors for the recreation factor for the open air piece and the beauty of them that can uh, then be enjoyed by the homeowners so as a golf course architect when you look at that philosophy of the value of the, of the course as a whole and you're working on projects and you're interacting with your clients is this a topic that you discuss with them? Is this, is this a part of the interactions that you have with them? Yes, uh, always. Um, the, uh, particularly if, um, you know, very often the client, potential client comes to, comes to us with the intention to use a golf course as an amenity to their, to their real estate development. Um, the 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 fact that it provides real value uh, is 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 obviously helpful to them and attractive to them i'm actually working on a a, a model of finding uh, extra land the remnant land within existing golf courses where you can simply move uh 
golf holes around a little bit and free up that extra space for sale to a developer who, who then brings capital to the club to purchase that land, builds uh, a neighborhood, homes on, that, on, on the extra land with the mandate of membership on the new home buyers. So you leave the club then with the residual or recurring revenue, which is incremental, found in constant revenue uh, from, from new homes. And generally that will uh, in, enhance the golf course. Very seldom do you do a golf, you know, you wouldn't want to do that work if it, if it made the golf less golf course less than what it was previously. So typically you can enhance the quality of the golf course. Plus the, you know, the capital from the land sale can go to improvements or deferred maintenance or debt service. Uh, but the real value from that comes from the recurring revenue and the found income from the new dues and use of the new home buyers. Our guest is Eric Larson, ASGCA. And Eric, let's talk a little bit about a, a specific project then where you've sort of been able to, to bring all of these elements together uh, for the benefit of, of both the client and the community as a whole. I'm thinking specifically about uh, the work that you did at Atlantic Beach Country Club in Florida here over the last several years. Yes, happy to. This is a super good model uh, and, a, and a smash success. And I'm, I say that happily um, because it has brought such vibrancy to a deteriorating, degraded club, and it has brought vibrancy through that, through the the redo of the club to the to the town of Atlantic Beach. So uh, specifically, there was a, the club was failing. It had uh, very poor maintenance conditions on the golf course, thus was losing members. Uh, club was in deterioration, club, golf course, tennis, all of it was, was going downhill. And they, because of the loss of members, they didn't have the cash flow and the reserves to even maintain it properly, let alone do improvements. The club had the luxury of extra land, though. You know, it took 180-acre property, uh, reduced the golf course corridor to about 125 acres, freeing up 55-plus acres of extra land. That wound up yielding 178 new units. Uh, simply, although it was it was it was a, more complicated than well, this I'll make this out uh, in the financing part. But the, basically, the develop a developer was selected who came on board and purchased the extra land and contributed to an, an amenity package upgrade. Um, he then did the uh, uh, did the development and sold to sold to home builders who sold to home buyers with a minimally a social membership attached permanently to each residence. So club realized the capital from the land purchase and is still enjoying um, dues and use revenue from the 178 new home buyers. By the way, the package was attractive enough that we started the project in 2015. By 2018 and early into 2019, not only were all the new home sites sold, but today all the new, all the home sites are completely built on and occupied. Smash success. The club is, is robust in, in financially. It is sound environmentally. Uh, there's a recreation piece and vibrancy here of so, social gathering that is uh, was not 
there previously. It's it has electrified the the town of Atlantic Beach and has really become kind of the the pride and the heartbeat of of the town to complement its great little downtown, this little small town center here. So um, smash success, proving the proving the value of what a golf course and its redo can be uh, within a within a, a floundering golf facility. On top on top of that, Mark, uh, we have new employees at the club, club manager, uh, assistant club manager, superintendent, and his staff are all completely in place and expanded on. Here was work for a golf course contractor to a to a to a really nice degree. Um, so the model works across the board in in uh, industry contributions uh, as well. I, I, I mean contributions. I mean the ability to do work. It provides 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 work and income to different segments of the golf industry. And you make a good point, and it sort of ties back a little bit to the example that you uh, made about the the public course in Denver that Todd Schoder recently worked on as well. Uh, with the industry involvement, with the project that you worked on in Florida, you're talking, uh, it sounds like uh, clubs and club managers, greens committees, uh, the members themselves, as well as builders and superintendents. Uh, when you're talking about a public facility, it sounds like you're probably also engaging with uh, the federal, state, and local officials as well in terms of permitting and, and, and uh, rules and regulations that go along with that. So the, the values work far beyond simply what the architect and the designs that you come up with, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it certainly is. And I'll, I'll say this was a it was a complicated process, and it was in two jurisdictions. It was in the city of Jacksonville. The property was city of Jacksonville and Atlantic Beach. There was a large engineering feat as I was talking about the drainage uh, solution that needed to be that, that we needed to come up with. In that the previously the club didn't drain in a rain, it would the golf course would be closed for two days. So we basically had to drop drainage channels in between fairways to service stormwater which now works perfectly. We played golf an hour after a two inch rainstorm. So that mission accomplished there, which by the way is, you know, kind of the life of a golf course is the drainage. And secondly, there was a problem with the irrigation water previously. It was, it was, it was brackish water basically. So salts had built up in the soil and in the plants and in, in the grass, we were able to get third stage uh, uh, water uh, wastewater from the city of, of Atlantic Beach who needed a place to get rid of the water and without that and so we brought a pipe over we filled the lake and and that water the golf course irrigate the water irrigate the golf course with the uh, with city water treated water a win-win for both the golf course which could really wouldn't should not even have had been done unless it, it it, it couldn't have been done without clean or the new source of water, which the city was able to provide and the city needed somewhere to get rid of it. So along with drainage and I mean, those are real infrastructure items that, that uh, the city of Atlantic beach realized success in to be able to solve drainage issues and to get water rid of wastewater. And just to shift gears a little bit, I can't wrap up our conversation uh, without asking for at least one story from your days traveling and working with a, a fellow ASGCA member, Arnold Palmer. Uh, Mark, this was a terrific man. Um, I, 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 I miss him. I miss him. He, he was just a great man, great American. Uh, one note, I'll, I've got I've got a hundred stories, so I don't really know where to start here, but I'll, I'll give one that he told us early on to 
myself and Ed and Harrison Minshew and Vicki March that, you know, when you're spending people's, you're spending your own money, it's okay. Spend it however you want it. This, this, this speaks to the integrity of Arnold. And he used that word in this story that early on said, look, um, when you we're but we're not, we're spending other people's money. So do it carefully and do it with integrity. And that's, that's something I'll always, always remember. And I've tried to build a, you know, a life of business and career on that advice, which he had a lot of, he was, he was a man of few words. He was a man of a lot of laughing. I miss maybe that the most is how much he laughed, but one, uh, one lighthearted story. We were in Tahiti looking at a property. We traveled all the way over there and we got in a lull of activity and we're a little bit bored. We started, for some reason, we started just kind of tossing this little coconut back and forth to each other. And it got that we would toss it to each other when the other person wasn't looking. <laughs> and and uh, we're having fun with that. And I remember tossing it to him last when we were in Tahiti and that was kind of the end of the I think I caught him on the shoulder or something and uh, he surprised him he's laughing um then that was the last let you know I thought that was the end of it we go home we stopped in Hawaii on the way home and I hop into bed that night and laid on something and I about went through the ceiling I didn't know what it was it, it kind of rolled when I got on it I thought it was a giant spider or something and I about went through the roof and pulled the covers back and sure enough he'd had a maid put that coconut in my bed and <laughs> he got he he got me so the next morning we're, we're done at breakfast he didn't say no word he's just eating his breakfast which which is a whole story in itself watching him eat breakfast is like a bear attacking food but he didn't say a word and I'm sitting there eating and finally I couldn't stand and I look at him and say you got me and he just he started laughing. He just laughed out loud at that. He got me so bad. By the way, I have the coconut. I'm looking at the coconut on the shelf of my in my office here. Uh, so I I've got it. Uh, wish I could pass it to him. A lot more than just a simple souvenir off the beach in Tahiti. <laughs> We Eric, a lot of thanks. I, I'd like to know, uh, how can people get in contact with you for more information on this topic or the value of the golf course uh, or any other questions they have about uh, your practice in golf course architecture? I have one simple phone that I carry with me, 904-631-7480. Or my email is eric at larsengolf.net. Eric is with a K. E-R-I-K, Larson is with an E, L-A-R-S-E-N. My guest has been Eric Larson, ASGCA. Eric, thanks so much for your time. Uh, that concludes this episode of the ASGCA Podcast Insights. I'm Mark Whitney. You can always find more information on ASGCA and golf course architecture at asgca.org. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we visit with and learn together from golf industry leaders. Until next time, so long.